Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We are here to help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. Mike. Trinity. I <laughs> uh, just, Hi. I wish we need to videotape this one day, put it out there, just the chair dancing Trinity does to the open music, and we appreciate that. Well, you know what else I appreciate? What? I I don't think we say this enough, but I really appreciate our listeners. Yes. And I appreciate even more when they share us because sharing is caring. If you're listening to this right now, which I know you are, and you're probably in your car, so don't do it right this second. But when you park and you are safely able to get on your phone or wherever you're listening from, go ahead and hit that share button. Give a little joy to the universe and introduce everyone to the amazingness, which is Trinity and Mike. Our data tells us 96% of you are in the United States and 70% of you of that 96% are listening on an Apple product and 80% of that 70% of that 96% are listening on their phone. <laughs> and we are in the top 10% of all podcasts. In the world, yeah. folks. Take in the world. That take that. So, so kudos to you for listening to our amazingness. Now the goal by the end of 2021 is to be in the top 5%. So that'll take some doing because it still makes us top 200,000, but you know what? We're top 200,000 in the world. Yeah. And it? I'm not afraid to ask for help. Nope. So I'm asking, I'm asking very politely right yep. now for your help in sharing us with the universe, because if, if we can help just one small business owner out there, or give them a good chuckle, then I feel like a job well done. Yep. Uh, goals, Trinity, goals. Why, oh, why? If we know what we want to do, do we have to tell anybody or write it down or anything? <laughs> I was trying to think really fast off the top of my head of like a good acronym for goals. Um, but nothing was coming to me. But I think by the end of the show, maybe I'll have I'll come up with something creative. My money's on you. But you have to have them. Otherwise, it's your roadmap. Otherwise, how do you know where you're going? If you don't set a goal of selling 20 units a month or one new client a month, whatever it is, it doesn't, everybody thinks, oh, my goal has to be $100,000. No, your goal has to be step by step. Now, your end of the year could be $100,000, but let's break that down by quarter by month, by week, but you have to know how much each transaction on average is worth. You know, in your real estate empire, roughly, you know, the average price of a transaction, you've been doing this long enough. So you mm -hmm. can, you can put a goal for 2021 based off of 18, 2018, 2019 and 2020, but there's a, you should, well, you should have a goal. Let's say that you don't have to, but you really should have a goal no matter what level your business is. And even if the goal is to maintain, mm -hmm. so it doesn't always have to be, you know, I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to grow a lot. I think a lot of times people get um, really bogged down thinking that they need a goal um, because they want to grow, but Sometimes the, like I think of goal setting as it's just planning and 
if you fail to plan, what is the saying? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's planning. And I mean, I think if you went out to Google and Googled, what are the top things you should do in your business? Number one would be set a plan dummy. Yeah. Business plan. And I can't tell you how many agents, um, real estate agents, when I was back in my recruiting days that I would ask them when they came in for their initial recruiting appointment, I would tell them, Hey, here's the list of things to bring, bring a copy of your P and L, your profit and loss statement, bring a copy of your business plan. And I would, they would be like, what, what, what is that? What's a business plan? What's a profit and loss statement? And that's kind of terrifying because that shows me that you're not necessarily running a business. You are just reacting and praying and hoping that whatever you did last year is going to work again this year. One of your goals could be, I want to work two hours less a day. That could be a goal. That's fine. Let's plan it out. How are you going to replace your two hours? Pretty simple to do. It's a math equation at that point. You have to know that I've got to get, I've got to hire somebody at 40000 but they got to bring in, you know, $210,000 or whatever the number is to cover your two hours. So it's just, that's a simple math problem. Then it's figuring out, okay, how do we implement that? How do we get them trained up? How do we get the systems in place? And how do I let go of those two hours once I hire that person? But goals are, there are many different goals to set for your business. But we read a lot and we hear people talking about, here's what you should do. So we thought, let's do something different. Let's talk about what you shouldn't do, the don'ts when you're setting your goals. This is the no-no list. Right, yes, <laughs> the no-go list. Don't let someone force a goal on you that you don't really want. You, you may work with somebody that is in it for the money, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they work 11 and a half hours a day. They rarely go on vacation. And they're always usually stressed out, but they got the BMW they wanted. They got the boat they wanted, but you see what their life is like. And you realize, A, I don't want to live like that. I don't need that much money. I don't want a BMW. I want to do this. So you set your own goal if you are allowed to do that. I think that the first person that has to be 100% bought in is yourself. And I love the exercise that we do with some of our clients when they're getting ready to goal set, where we draw a little picture of an iceberg. And we all know what an iceberg is. It's a giant hunk of dirt and ice that 90% of it is underwater. And we tend to focus on that 10% that's peeking out when really, when you're goal setting, you need to dig down in that iceberg and and peel back the layers and figure out why am I setting this goal? Because the stronger that that goal is, the more it resonates with you, the more that it comes from a deep, meaningful place, your chances of achieving it skyrocket through the roof. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that um, I see in some of our business associates who are just really good at goal setting is they've gotten so tight on the why behind what it is that they're doing within their business. 
the iceberg for those of you that love sports like I do. And if you listen to the show enough, you know I give most of my analogies are sports related. The iceberg is your version of the NFL. They play once a week. What you see, that 10% that Trinity talked about, that's on Sunday. The other 90% of the iceberg is Monday through Saturday when you're blocking and tackling, you're doing your weight work, you're eating right, you're doing all those things that we don't see until you show up on Sunday looking good in your clean jersey on national TV and you play well because Monday through Saturday you blocked and tackled and practiced and prepared well to get to that point. So always think of that when you see the iceberg, it's like, it's like a duck on a pond. You don't see how fast those feet are paddling. You just yep. see that duck just smoothly going across the water. Smooth yeah. sailing. Don't let the past stop you. Past goals you failed to reach have nothing to do with now. What I tell people change is it's just new information. Why'd you change and why are you doing this now? Well, I found out all the people that bought this product moved. <laughs> There's nobody living here that buys this. I need to change. But change isn't always bad. A lot of people think, oh, my God, I hate change. It, but change with a purpose is good. If you failed at something in the past and you were able to look back on why, if you're if financial advisors, and you know this classic examples, 100 calls a day, or at least back in the day they did. I got a list. I'm calling 100 people a day, and the sales funnel will set itself. If you didn't reach your goals and you look back, it's like, well, I only called 22 people a day because, you know, I didn't like cold calling. That may have been one of the reasons why you failed. But if you're ready to do the 100, don't let the past teach you that you can never do that. And I just always think of um, who was that first dude that broke the four-minute mile? Roger Bannister. Yeah. Like, how many times had he heard before that it was impossible? Mm -hmm. All the time. I mean, everybody, the entire world thought that it was impossible. And then... If he would have believed that, he wouldn't have kept trying. And then what happened once he broke it? Oh, yeah. Then all of a sudden, everybody started breaking it. A shit ton of other people just followed right behind him. So so when somebody's stuck on something and feels that their past dictates what their future is going to look like, I just go back to that dude. What's his name again? Roger Bannister. Yeah, I just think of him as the four-minute mile guy. But, man. Yep. And whether you like or think much of El- whatever you think of Elon Musk, how many people told him there is no way you can launch a rocket into space? <laughs> shot, well, that, shot that I theory mean, down. He can he can ro- he can launch it in space, but he can't land it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not designed. Yeah, They're, they don't Those have to show it. Yeah. But but that he's not letting that stop right. him from continuing yeah. to try. And I have full faith that eventually he's going to land one of those bad boys and it's not going to (laughs) explode. Don't think some of your goals are not important enough or not big enough because all of your goals matter. And you can have a weekly goal. All of your goals do not have to be annual goals. It's good to have one, but make sure the weekly goals add up to the annual goal and just look at the weekly goal. So if you know every week I'm hitting my goals, then you're doing something right. That's good stuff. That's a, those are the those are the casual pat on the backs at the end of the week on Friday where you're like, all right, I, I hit my numbers this week. I achieved my goal. 
there's a lot of celebrating to, to go with that. And I would add to that, don't set too many goals. Mm-hmm. We see this as a, as a thing that when you have too many things that you're trying to focus on, you're not going to do, I mean, people that tell me they're good multitaskers, I'm like, yeah, right. Boo-hoo, you, you're a liar. Um, but if you have enough small goals that all lead up to your big achievement, then you're on track. Um, but also I've seen people just get lost in a wasteland of setting way too many goals and then they're not them and then they stop altogether, which is kind of a scary place to be in. Yeah. And this kind of ties into this next point is don't be rigid. Set a path, a goal, and go for it. But tunnel vision can make you miss vital information and feedback. To your point, if you have 40 goals in a week, you're going to miss something. You're going to miss something that's going to come screaming right by you that says, hey, you need to start selling to this group of people. Because you're like, well, I got to get 40, got to get 40. No, no, don't do that. B, you got to know when information hits you to go to look at and go, Ooh, that's hang on a sec. That's new. Okay. Monday it's new Tuesday. Wow. I saw it again by Thursday. You see the same thing. It's like, this could be a trend here, but if you weren't mm-hmm. looking and paying attention, you'd have never seen that here. Here's one of our favorites. Don't try to do everything yourself. Be willing to delegate. And you said this early on when we started easy, easily in the first five or eight shows, a small business owner has to be willing to give up something. They do. Delegation is by far one of the things that I have struggled with the most over my career. And that comes from being an A-type. It comes from being the person that is very bossy. And, you know, I it took a lot of coaching for me to realize that my way is not always the best way. <laughs> but you learned that. But I learned and you, that. you applied it. Yes. And it was hard, which, you know, I mean, if you ask our clients if coaching's easy, they're going to be like, no, it's open hard. Um, is it worth it? A hundred percent. Because if I had continued to work in a way where I didn't trust my team or I was trying to do everything myself or I was going back and, you know, double and triple checking everything I did, I would never be where I'm at today because one, I just wouldn't have had enough time and I wouldn't have been able to scale anything. So I would have been just stuck doing the same things over and over again. And ultimately everybody would have left me because I was kind of a bitch and not really fun to be around. So and don't, be, don't be old me. Yeah. That person yeah. sucks. But also, that's not your highest and best use. In your, you are a leader of your real estate team. You know your highest and best use. And that is not showing every house. It is not. It is not. It took me, um, well, by the time I got into real estate, I had, I had learned that, but I still had to learn to apply it to my real estate practice. Um, there's definitely things within our coaching practice that I've had to learn to let go of. Um, and still things that I'm, that I'm personally working on because we're all a work in progress, mm-hmm. but being willing to delegate and learning how to be an effective delegator which is a great goal, by the way, 
Um, I think way too often we do not get enough feedback from our team um, or garner enough um, insight into how they feel about working with us because you might think that you're doing a great job delegating, but in reality, you're being a dictator or you're being passive aggressive or you're not being clear enough in what it is that you want. You know, setting expectations and communication is number one in any running any small business. And if you're not setting clear expectations and having good communication with your team, there's going to be things that either fall through the cracks, don't get done properly, or um, in my case, there's times, you know, I've gotten to a point now where I love my team so much that they shock me with how many great ideas they come up with. And most of the things that we do are actually coming from them as ways to improve our processes and systems. Yeah, because they are, they are the boots on the ground, so they see that every day, which is, yeah. is a good thing for them to offer back up to you. But here's my simple statement. I've been in enough businesses and enough companies. It's pretty simple. If I hire Trinity for X job, I should let her do her job. Now, it's my job to train you properly, put you in a position to succeed. But if all I'm going to do is hire you and then micromanage you, why did I bother hiring you in the first place? And folks, it's that simple. I know it's complicated and it takes time, but why did you why did you hire the people you hired if you're not going to let them do their job? Yeah, and we have um, some great interview questions that we use with our clients when they're looking to hire somebody to make sure that they are getting the right person in the right seat from the get go. Um, and I learned that the hard way. Um, I was in a position where I didn't get to pick my team. So the very first team I led was chosen for me and I was promoted into being their boss and I didn't get to hand select any of those people. So very on, I knew, oh, I probably want to run my own business because I really like being able to hand select the people that are supporting me. <laughs> and that was that's something that's remained to this day very, very important that I get to um, ask them those questions in advance because that helps weed out the people that I just know are not going to be a good fit. And the longer you do this, the more, the quicker you know, yeah, that's not going to play. Right. That's not going <laughs> to play. When you are setting a goal, write it down. Don't forget to give yourself a deadline. Because we've talked about this before on losing weight. I want to lose 30 pounds. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to. Okay, by when? First of all, how, but let's start with by when. If you don't have a deadline, how do you know it's a goal? How do you know you reach your goal then? What if you eventually lose 30 pounds in two years? Is that a success? I don't know, but give yourself a deadline. When you're putting a goal on paper, be specific, but don't deal in absolutes. Avoid the words some and more. Let me back up. You can't say always or never. On That's what, what we're talking about in the absolutes. You can't, I will always show 12 houses in a week. Now, now, mm -mm. you may have six yeah. one week and 19 the next. 
Because a lot of that stuff is out of your control. It could rain. It could snow for a week and shut the city down. Yeah, out of your control. But don't deal in the absolutes. But be specific. I want to make 20 calls a day. That's the specific. Don't don't get caught in the absolutes by saying never or always. All or nothing is a common attitude that leads people back to bad habits. And if you don't create the good habits, when things get stressful, everybody reverts back to what's comfortable. And that's never good. Do leave room for failure. Don't expect perfection. You may have a crappy week. You may not think you're going to have a crappy week, but you may have a crappy week. That doesn't mean that week was a failure. It just, you didn't reach your goal. Find out why, make adjustments, and move on. But you're never going to be perfect. You're na- if your goal is to make $10,000 a month, you're rarely going to make $10,000 every month. You may average $10,000 a month, which is actually the goal. But there may be in the in the, the uh, busy season, summertime, right? You got a boat rental place. You ain't gonna make 10, twelve thousand. You're not gonna make twelve thousand bucks in January in Raleigh, you know. But you might make twenty seven thousand dollars a month in June in Raleigh. So it averages out. You're never gonna be perfect, but know why things happened. If your goal wasn't reached, it, like I said, you, we could have been iced in, uh, or you just got lazy. And perfection is a constantly moving um, measurement Mm -hmm. because, and this is what we got, we were talking last week about the 80% rule, which um, is basically get your work to 80% because 80% is good enough and it stops you from procrastinating. And it also stops you from um, not starting at all, which is the death knell. But when you start trying to make something perfect, it's like I've seen so many times where people overdo something like artwork, right? You're like, man, you would have just stopped. That painting looked awesome. But then you added this little tree and this little tree and this little tree. And before you know it, it's just now it's a big cluster. boop, And it looks like crap. So there is, there is a science to knowing when to stop trying to perfect something because in reality, everyone's definition of it is going to be different. Yeah. And yours could change month to month. You may be ready to be done with it at some point in time, but one of the things you should do is track your progress. So, you know, don't fool yourself into failure. And here's one of the ways to do this. Let's say you wanted to make, see 12, 12 months in a year, you wanted to make $96,000. So that's $8,000 a month. And the way it is set up starting a new business, you're not likely going to make $8,000 the first month. So let's say January is $3,000. February is $5,000. March is is $7,000. So it's going to take you four months till April to get up to that $8,000 a month. So if you look at January and your legitimate goal you set was 3000 based on what you knew, how quick you could start selling your product or your service. And if you never broke that down month by month, you would look at January and go, oh, I'm never going to make $96,000. i am only at $4,200. Mm-hmm. 
But if you look at your, if you track your progress, you would know, ooh, I'm $1,200 ahead. But if you just, it's like, and we, you brought this up too on the weight loss. I want to lose a pound and a half a week. Here's my end number, but that breaks down to a pound and a half a week. But, ooh, this week I lost two. Sweet. Had a schedule. And you only knew it because you tracked it. And that's always a good thing. Well, we know that goals that are written down are 42% more likely to actually happen. Yep. Which, considering that only 8% of people actually ever hit a goal, is really increasing your odds in your favor. And I like people to have their goals either tied into their CRM or in a spreadsheet or somewhere where you're regularly tracking um, and keeping keeping score, really. Um, one of my favorite terms that I learned about eight years ago was gamification. And it's great to do with your team. It's great to do with yourself. And the reason that we as humans gravitate towards liking to track things in a tool or an app or a CRM is because it, it makes it feel like a game. So you know if you're winning or losing. And if you just set a goal and you're not keeping track, then there's really no of the psycho mind fun that happens when you're comparing to where you need to be. So I'm a big fan of gamification. Um, I think that you can gamify just about anything and make it into um, something that's measurable. We do that with, you know, our marketing activities and number of phone calls we make and how many sales calls you go on or how frequently you're, you know, are you regularly sending out invoices to your clients? Like you can gamify anything and make it trackable. And those are going to be the things that you focus on and that go from, you know, a goal into actual dollar signs in your bank account. Speaking of game, gamification, reward your success. Don't beat yourself up over failure, but reward. Don't forget to reward yourself for hitting the goal. Take yourself out to eat. Don't. You know, don't spend all the money you made <laughs> to be, get ahead of goal on a meal yet. And as we've said before, don't take that ski vacation the first month of the business of, that you opened your business. Don't don't do that. That's not a good idea. But reward your success if your team hit the goal for the month. To find something to do for them, it doesn't have to be a lot. I think if you ask most people truthfully would they appreciate the effort or the item more? I think most people would just appreciate the effort. If you, sure. if, if your team Trinity hit their goal for February and on the first Friday in March, you said, Hey, we're having his cancer, no appointments, no showings Friday at noon. We're all getting together for a meeting and, and just talk about February and you bought him lunch, but you never told him that. But you bought them lunch, just those little things like that. So reward your success. That mean, that tells your folks that you're watching and it's important to you that they know that a job was well done. Find a support system. <laughs> Let's go back to delegating. Don't try to do it all alone. Whether you hire somebody, outsource to a virtual assistant, 
whatever Hire it is. Exactly. Exactly. You may have to outsource it to another country because the rates are better. Fine. But you cannot do it all alone. And the support system should be a spouse, if possible, or somebody very close from a moral support, but from a business standpoint, understanding what you're going through, it should be somebody that kind of plays in that world. Whether it's a best friend who's got their own business that you guys trust each other, whether you hire a coach, whatever it is, uh, but find that support system. Do make a commitment. Don't ever forget that you can do it. If you, as a realtor, Trinity, your first year, you could have set a goal of a million dollars, but it probably wouldn't have been attainable. And you have to set goals. You can stretch your limits, but you have to set goals that are attainable. If your team in the NFL was 1-15 last year, to set your goal as the Super Bowl for the next year, highly unlikely you're going to get there. So by that measurement... That season was a failure, but you went from one in fifteen to nine and seven. Yeah, but we didn't go to the Super Bowl, so it sucked, and everybody's fired. No, <laughs> no. So set the attainable goal. That's the commitment you have: is to be fair to your team. If you sold, if you had an employee that sold eighty-eight thousand dollars worth of whatever it is widgets last year. Probably not fair to double that for them for next year. I now, see that happen all the time. Oh, though. yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel really bad for people that are in sales sometimes. Yep. And it's usually that, somebody. A whole other podcast. Yep, and it's usually somebody not doing their job that says, well, you can double that. Look what you did the last couple of months. Okay. What if you see trending budget off of that? But to just pick a number out of the air. Well, Let's see, we grew 10% the last two years. We'll just pick 10% this year. But we're in the middle of COVID. <laughs> Why are we picking 10%? And that might be the number, but be able to justify that. But there are a number of things not to do when setting goals. And you just need to kind of go easy on yourself and track yourself and see how you're doing and understand why you are and why you're not. But that comes with tracking your numbers and your activity. Yeah. And I would say when Mike says go easy on yourself, we don't mean like set fluffy goals that mm -hmm. don't mean anything. We mean um, from an emotional standpoint, be prepared that there may times that you don't hit your goal, mm -hmm. but have a plan in place to go back and do a, you know, root cause analysis and figure out what happened, you know, with, with my coaching clients, I like to say, you know, there's not excuses, but sometimes there are reasons. Yes. And we like to, to dig through and differentiate between excuses and reasons mm -hmm. and excuses can't be fixed, but reasons can. Mm -hmm. So if the reason is you did not do enough phone calls, then that's something that's fixable. Okay, we need to make sure that you're doing your phone calls. Or if the person that's supposed to make the phone calls isn't doing them, then that might not be the right person. Um, a reason could be COVID happened and we didn't pivot quickly enough because we didn't think it was going to last a year. So reasons are okay. Excuses are not. So when we talk about 
you know, being easy on yourself. It's give yourself some grace and some mercy, but know that there's winning streaks and there's losing streaks. And for the most part, you want to see yourself on a winning streak, knowing that there are going to be the occasional losses along the way. Be honest with yourself is a big thing too. But during when COVID first started and the governors of most states closed restaurants, yet there were some restaurants that went, ooh, let's ramp up our takeout or our delivery. And a lot of those restaurants survived. Some made it. Some just survived till they could open. But they had a plan. They pivoted. They adjusted. They they were ready to look at, oh, well, hey, we've not really done a lot of this, but let's ramp this up so we can stay open. We can keep people employed instead of like, well, we're closed. There's nothing we can do. That's a reason. An excuse is, a reason is the governor closed your restaurant. An excuse is, well, there's nothing we can do. For restaurants, a lot of restaurants there were. I don't want to do a broad brush here. But for a lot of restaurants, there were some creative ways to stay open. Some didn't make it, yet they tried. Some did. But anyways, it there are reasons why things happen. Again, we go back to the ice storm for a week. That's not excuse. That was a reason. That happened. Shut down everything. Put everything back at least a week. Then things had to thaw out or pipes busted. So we couldn't go through selling the house because they had to come and clean all the water out. They had to clean the carpet. They had to redo some floors. Those are reasons. If you just decide to take two weeks off and you quit making your calls because you don't want to, that's an excuse. Yeah. When, when working with um, my real estate agents, one of the things that was unique about our planning and goal setting for their annual plan is that we pre-built in time for snow days, childcare emergencies. So when we were coming up with their daily amounts of activity and the things that they needed to do, we actually accounted for those things and took that, that and their vacation right off, um, you know, shaved that off from the number of days that they had available in the year. And we saw the results of our team achieving their shoot up drastically because you know that those things are going to happen. We know that we're going to have a couple of ice or snow days here in North Carolina. Um, if you're in other states, you have other things that could affect your your working days. We all know that there's going to be days that you're sick or your kid's sick or your pet's sick. or So take the average of what that's been your last couple of years and pre-plan and work that into your calendar because that way you're not trying to work your ass off right before a vacation because you know, oh, I already pre-planned for this two weeks that I'm taking for vacation. All about the planning. I love planning. You do. Uh, hit us up at uh, info at Wired to Change. Let us know some of your don'ts, some things you learned. We'd love to hear them and share them. Uh, but set the goals. You got to track them. If you track them, you'll know where you are you'll know where your numbers are coming from and where you need to address things. So that's our advice today on goals, the doobies and the don't bees. We're at the end, rolling into the end of the first quarter. This is a great time to take a peek at your plan and make sure that you're on track, maybe reassess where you're at, um, ramp up for an awesome spring season 
And of course, if you have questions, thoughts, or just want to talk to two cool people, hit us up. And uh, I promise that Mike will respond to all of his calls and text messages. (laughs) We will make your priority if you reach out to us. So (laughs) my name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.